I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Pet Sitters Associates. Hello, and welcome to episode 98. Today, we're going to talk all about self-care. We thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you are not subscribed, please feel free to push the subscribe button in any podcast player. So we're going to be expanding today on our Q&A episode from episode 93. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about our own self-care because we kind of went short on that answer. A caveat to this entire episode is we do not have this figured out. There are tons of resources, books, podcasts on the topic, but we have not specifically covered this topic on our podcast, so today we thought we would. This episode is as much for us as it is for anyone else. This is something that we need to be reminding ourselves daily of. And I was even apprehensive to really discuss this because I don't have a good grasp on this (laughs) at all. It's okay. It's okay. It's one of those things of we wanted to talk about this because, yeah, as Megan said, we're not the experts. We are still figuring this out too. And we just want to share a little bit about our journey and how we are dealing with this now. So, what does self care mean to us? Other than me not really just liking the term self care, um, I think it ultimately means having a healthy relationship between work and personal life. Notice how I didn't say work life balance uh, because there's you can never have those things in true balance one is always going to have to take precedence over one than the other it's having a healthy relationship and understanding about how those two interact yeah self-care is really an overused word so a lot of times it sounds very cliche and very millennial talk when we say self-care it's a bit more than just taking a break it's really about focusing on your entire person your mind your body your soul So also we wanted to note that self-care isn't forced. Being forced to sit still by someone because they think you're too busy is not self-care. Self-care is about doing things that make you feel good. Yeah, that fulfill you, that nurture, that feed you, not what's being forced upon you. So what's our current relationship? What's your current relationship with self-care, Megan? Honestly, I would say it's unhealthy. (laughs) I always want to be doing and I always want to be going. I really hate slowing down. I'm like the road runner literally all the time. <laughs> it fulfills me though, and it, it gives me purpose. And I love having tons of irons in the fire because it's what keeps me going and what really wakes me up in the morning and get and fuels my passion for everything. So this episode is mostly so I can go back and listen to it over and over again until I get my self-care to where I want it to be which may never happen, but at least this will be a good reminder of things that I can incorporate that I enjoy. We are always learning and growing and changing, but you can definitely be happy and healthy and content with where you are in life. My current relationship with it is pretty tenuous. Um, I definitely swing wildly between doing absolutely nothing and then try and like make up for that really quickly over the course of a couple days and really just not do anything and lounge around and, and try to, to disconnect from, from work and other projects that we have going on. And then I go back and forth. I still really do find a hard time balancing and more importantly, I think remembering that it's I, me, that I need to take care of and step aside and step away from certain things uh, because 
I, I want to get things done and, and I don't like it's it's tough for me to remember that I need to step aside on a regular basis, not this infrequent, erratic basis, but building in this regular routine. And so over the past 10 years, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Over the past 10 years, I would say that I've actually gotten worse. So 10 years ago, we were in college. We didn't have very much going on. And now I am married. I have young kids. I have multiple jobs. And life is just really crazy. My my screen time, <laughs> my screen time is embarrassingly high, and I rarely make time for myself. However, I know way more about myself than I did ten years ago, even five years ago. And among all of the chaos that we have going on in life, I have learned to be introspective because I walk this journey called life with you, Colin, and you remind me that I am different than you and I can see where I'm different and I know myself more because I'm with you. Is that just because I drive you insane because we're so different? Well, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hear that and, and um, I do, I 100% agree with, with what you just said and I realize that um, part of this learning more about myself over the past 10 years has been the fact that it has been spent with you. And that it has been forced myself to be introspective about why I do certain things, why I believe certain things, why I act in certain ways. And it's been really helpful. Uh, it, it's really helped me come a long way in understanding what I need personally. I mean, I used to think that self-care was a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. It was something that the frou-frou people did, that people sold in books and talked about randomly. But as we've gotten busier and busier, as I've been able to grow and mature, I have had those days of waking up going, I am not at 100% right now, and I hope nothing suffers because of it. And as we've added more things to our plate, the fact of being increasingly busy has forced me to become better at looking at myself and figuring out my weaknesses, figuring out my strengths. And one thing that I will say that recently has been very good and that has changed for us is our kids are now going to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the mornings. And that means that Megan and I can go for an hour or so and grab, grab coffee and just talk in the mornings, get caught up on what each other is doing. That has been very fulfilling to me just to reconnect and to understand what's going on right now. And so before we get into the meat of the episode, what are we going to do better? Where do we want to be? Ooh, yeah, there's a lot for improvement. Obviously, um, I am one of the things that I really enjoy and have found enjoying is doing a lot more or at least more frequent and consistent weekend trip getaways and those coffee dates, like I had mentioned. Um, and one of the big things for me personally is getting back on the bicycle and doing more bike rides. I used to do that an awful lot, um, especially when we lived in Texas. It was very easy to do that. The weather was more conducive for that year round. Here, not so much. So making an intentional reminder to set some time aside, whether that's 15 minutes for a quick trip around the block or maybe a longer one. It's not really about the time spent away. It's the fact of doing that act of, that gives me some mental space and some mental separation from everything going on. I would like to be able to put down the phone more. <laughs> like I said, my screen time is pretty embarrassing. And I also would like to not have FOMO. You know, when I put the phone down, I want to then reach for it again because I don't want to miss out on something. And that's, I feel like that's the millennial in me. 
but I need to get away from that because it's I don't have a healthy relationship with my phone. So instead, I would like to be meditating, praying more. I would like to be going outside more. I talked about a few episodes ago that I love being outside, and that's true. So I would like to do that more. Why are we talking about this? Did you know that people still think it's ridiculous to talk about self-care? We, we learned well, actually, that. Actually, yes, <laughs> because uh, we have actually been yelled at on the internet by some angry people <laughs> when we've talked about this, and they say that it's childish, and you just need to be able to handle it. And if you can't handle it when you're a pet or house sitter, then it's not the job for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shocking to us that there is still so much pushback on talking about self-care that how important it is to make sure that you are okay spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. That there are people out there that when you talk about this, A, people will say it's not necessary. And, t- and B, people will actively push back against it and said, oh, it's just, being, just part of being an adult is dealing with this. Part of being an adult is struggling through this and suffering and getting in the middle of the grindstone, all of that. And we, we want to take a step back and say, no, like that doesn't have to be part of it. You, you can, it is okay to step back, take a few steps back to reassess how you're doing and do things that you enjoy. Especially as pet business owners where like the number one topic in this industry is burnout. So before we get into the systems and such of self-care, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or you want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetsitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetsitLLC.com. So, if you need systems, there are a lot of different ways out there to get a system in place. And, and really, the biggest thing here is understanding that it's going to be different for every single person. There's no one-size-fits-all system as far as getting a, a habit to stick. I, I would say that the first thing that you need to do is to find, understand, and remember and remind yourself why you need self-care. Basically, what is your motivation behind it? Before you can get into apps and reminders and buddy systems and anything like that, you have to understand your motivation going into this. Otherwise, nothing will ever stick. Like we said at the very beginning, self-care is not something that is forced on you. Actually, that goes completely against what self-care is all about. So you have to find your motivation and understand why it is important to you. There are apps that can gamify it, send reminders. There are journaling programs that you can get involved in. As I mentioned, you can get a friend to help you externalize uh, the help and to help remind you, to help build some motivations around it. But it really just boils down to whether you find it important for you or not. When you find that it's important, you will make time for it. If you never make time for it, it never was important to you in the beginning. 
we wanted to move into some areas that you can focus on for some routines in self-care. The first one is physical. So this is to live, to move, and breathe your body. You can develop a regular sleep routine, which you should. Yeah, I cannot stress how helpful and important having a good sleep routine is. You can get apps that track it on your phone or a smartwatch, but it's consistency and figuring out what works for you. Not everybody needs eight hours. Some people need more, and some people can be fine with less. You also want to aim for a healthy diet. So make time for meals. The lunch hour is typically the busiest for most of us. We're dog walkers, and 11 to 2 p.m. is the busiest time for us. But plan out your meals so you aren't just grabbing some chips or just a random piece of fruit to snack on. And then get some exercise. Now, this may sound interesting because if we are doing lots of walks and we are being active, we may say, well, I already do exercise. I already exercise enough. But this is before or after work. This is exercise that's not walking not walking a dog, making it different, using a different activity to start separating out the time and movement, this muscle memory, these, these connections that our brain starts making of when I'm walking, I'm walking with the dog. When I'm walking, I'm at work. Finding a new activity, whether that's swimming, that's yoga, that's uh, weightlifting, something different to get your body moving in a different way will also help your mind separate, will also start building some of these boundaries and barriers between when you're working on your job and when you're not. The next routine you can have in place is a psychological one. So this means learning, thinking, growing. You can keep a reflective journal. So I personally hate journaling, (laughs) but it does force you to sit down and write your thoughts and feelings. Even if a pen and paper doesn't work for you, it's too old school, pull out the notes app on your phone and just write stuff down. Also about learning and growing here, you can seek out and consult with a more experienced pet care provider to see how they have grown. Uh, If there's a pet sitter or dog walker group in your area, uh, maybe ones that have uh, large businesses or just been in the business for a while, or maybe even somebody that we've interviewed uh, that you'd also like to talk with, reach out to them, get their advice, get their contact information, start building that relationship to learn about certain aspects where you're struggling. Maybe they struggle too to build in this community to continue to grow uh, for both personally and in your business. You may also consider engaging with a non-work hobby. I know a lot of people do puzzles, and before kids, I loved doing puzzles, Yes, and now I don't because they're going to get messed up, but <laughs> <laughs> little fingers like to play. But you can do puzzles. You, If you're an artist, you could painting. You could maybe even do podcasting. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but make time for relaxation. You can also make time to engage with positive friends and family. So these are friends and family that have not only a positive outlook on life, but that respect you and respect how you view the world. Right. They may not understand or fully get the struggles of being a pet sitter or a dog walker, but they can still encourage you. They can still love on you and feed into your energy and your emotions. And speaking of emotions, the third aspect of a self-care routine is emotional. So this means to love, to care for, and to be in a relationship with yourself and others. So again, developing those relationships that are supportive to you, that respect you, that support you, come alongside you, and be your cheerleader. And then if you are a journaler, write three good things that you did each day that will make you feel good, that will send that dopamine to your brain of, I did a good job today. 
I am, I am worth it. I am worthy. And then you can talk to a friend about how you are coping with work and life demands. I'll also add that this emotional side tends to be the one that drains us the most here in the pet sitting community, the pet care professionals, as pet care professionals, we are emotionally invested. We, we care so much. We, we spend our day caring for other things, for other people. So this, this tank, this emotional tank, tends to need to be filled up and bolstered a, maybe a lot more than the others, uh, especially with, with what we deal with on a daily basis. And something that helps me emotionally is to either go to the movies, which really isn't an option these days, or just to stay home and watch Netflix, watch a good TV show that makes you laugh or watch a movie that makes you happy cry, have happy tears. (laughs) But it's just a good way to put some separation between you and your crazy busy life. And then the last one, the last grouping of things that we can be doing for our self-care is the spiritual. So this is connecting with essence, purpose, and meaning. And this can be done in a lot of different ways. You can engage in reflective practices like meditation. Now, this doesn't have to be the full-on, I'm going to sit and meditate for 12 hours. Uh, this can be in the car while you're uh, waiting to go into a client's house. This can be in the morning before you go to to start your visits or maybe at nighttime when you come back to to bring yourself down to recenter yourself from the busy day while you're in your driveway. Also being connected with others, going to church, mosque, temple. This provides huge amounts of benefits, not just an additional community to be plugged into, but have spiritual leaders and, and guiding and people praying and, and, and talking about you and thinking about you and reaching out to you as well. There's another support group there. And we recognize that all of these are couched in the pandemic going on. Right. So this looks very different. Self-care can look very different than it did six months ago. Churches are not really open. Yoga, even yoga studios are not really open. And so we're having to do a lot more meditation and prayer by ourselves versus in a group setting. Or reaching out across with Zoom or FaceTime or Facebook groups. Most things that we're talking about here when we're mentioning getting together with a group of people uh, can be done online can be done virtually. It's not exact. It's not the exact same way because you're not being able to see somebody's face or give them a hug. But part of this is just connecting and sharing stories and building these relationships through storytelling, through sharing of emotions. And all of that can be done in an online presence too. If you have struggled with self-care like I have, it can be really difficult to put yourself first. A way to do that can be making a list of your priorities. So keep it short. It doesn't have to be a full page of your priorities, but you can say your business. You can say, if you're a runner, you can say, I want to run a mile a day. If you want to eat better, kind of plan out your meals for how you want to eat better. And then asking for help from your family and your community so they can keep you accountable. It's also helpful to keep a balance between treating yourself and treating others. We are in the service industry, and a lot of times we just give, 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 and we don't really ask much from other people or ask much of ourselves. And so finding that, again, healthy relationship between giving yourself what you want and giving others what they expect from you. And remember that when we talk about putting yourself first, sometimes, yes, that will mean doing things that are difficult, but benefit you in the long run. So this may mean saying no to an extra client that you just don't quite have time for. But maybe if you got rid of that lunch date that you did with your friend once a week, you would be able to take on the client. 
No, we're looking back at our priorities. We're saying, no, that's hard. We don't like saying that. That's a hard thing to do. But we are maintaining these things that we like and that we value because in the long run, that's going to benefit us. One of the hardest parts about self-care can be sticking to them. So how do you get motivated to take care of yourself? Start small. Thinking about where you're going to be five down the, five years down the road can be pretty... Um, daunting. Yeah, pretty daunting. So maybe it's just, I want to drink a cup of water first thing in the morning. It's very small, very small, but we're just starting to build. We're trying to get this roller coaster started. It takes an average of 66 days to create a habit. So there's a technique called habit stacking, where if you add something small against something that you already do. So say you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is brush your teeth. We should be brushing our teeth every morning anyway. So <laughs> you have already created that habit from years ago when, your par- when you were a kid and your parents said, hey, Johnny, it's time to get up and brush your teeth. So if you want to, as an example, drink a cup of water first thing every morning, you want to stack it on top of a habit that you already have created. Right. So we're taking this pre-existing thing that we already do or that is already built into our daily schedule or weekly schedule, and we're adding something on top of that. So in the example of drinking a cup of water and brushing our teeth, we are brushing our teeth every morning. And so on top of that, in addition to that, we add drinking a cup of water. So we get up, we go brush our teeth, and we know that the trigger to drink the cup of water is now brushing our teeth. So you're taking these things that are pre-existing in your daily schedule and you're adding something to it. It's this trigger. It's this reminder of when I do this, I know I have to do this next thing. When I put my car in park at a client's house, I am going to sit and meditate for five minutes. When I am clipping the dog's leashes together, because that's something that we all do, I'm going to be running through the top three things that I am most thankful for today. And so as you continue to create habits and establish habits in your life, then it gets a little easier to create new ones and continue the habit stacking process. Above all, in self-care, it's about having a plan that helps you to stick to them and habit stacking. So write out the daily or weekly plan that you want and keep it in a place where you can see it. If you want to write it on your bathroom mirror, or if you want to have it on a sticky note and put it on your dashboard in your car, those are great ways to keep it at the forefront of your mind. Also, think ahead of time what barriers you may have for keeping these self-care plans. So get ahead of those and think of ways that you can block them from happening. So for example, you want to eat three square meals every day, but you walk dogs from 11 to 2 p.m. So maybe having a later breakfast around 10 a.m. and a later lunch around 3 p.m. so that you can still have those balanced meals and stay consistent and not just, like I said, grab a bag of chips. As we mentioned earlier, uh, you can get an accountability buddy, an accountability partner for what you're wanting to do. Like Megan or I, reach out and let us know how we can support you as you begin to build these habits. Telling somebody what you will do helps because now you have this external reminder. You've gotten it off of your brain and you've uploaded it into somebody else's who's putting it on their calendar and building reminders and systems like that as well. Megan, you had a recently really good example of this. Yeah. So for the month of August, I wanted to run a mile every day. And this is something I've been thinking about since about May. I just haven't done it. And so finally, one day in late July, I told Colin, hey, in August, I want to run a mile every day. And you have really 
helped me do that and and kind of helped me to kind of put on my shoes and get out there. And I mean, it's only one mile and that may sound like a lot to some and not a lot to others, but it's a lot for me. And so you have really helped me stick with it. So thank you. You're welcome. So tell us what your self-care plan is. We challenge you to do just one thing this week for your self-care that you weren't already doing. So what will ours be? Yeah, I am thinking back through those types of routines that we talked about. We had the physical, the psychological, emotional, and spiritual. I think the one thing that I'm committing to this week that self-care for me is to do at least three bike rides. And I would like to continue to do the one mile run every day. There you go. You are now our accountability partners in this as well. Uh, And so we would love to be yours as well. So let us know what your self-care goal is for the week. Yes. And now let's hear Natasha answer this week's pet business coach question. Should I even bother starting a pet care business in 2020? We love the pet care industry. So the pet care industry and our pet business is such a broad question because there's online services people are doing right now, vitamins, you have these MLL companies, you have online coaches, trainers doing courses, um, you have groomers who are doing courses as well. So you have so many avenues to getting into the pet business. Um, as we know, as a dog walker and a pet sitter, you will have to be flexible. You will have to understand what pivoting looks like. So if you do want to become a dog walker right now and your business is not supplementing your income instantly, you want to just kind of prepare for where we are. You know, we don't know what's going to happen outside of the pandemic. So if you're coming in saying, hey, I'm going to be a six figure business in six months. We're like, all right, well, what's your COVID plan with this? You know, how are you going to get reached? How are you going to get seen? So I would just say coming in, coming in the industry with a full game plan on what services you want to offer, what services can complement which other, what can supplement income, um, having a plan. And that's something that I would recommend doing whether we were post-COVID or pre-COVID. So come in. This is obviously an amazing business. It was previously a billion-dollar business. We're waiting on the new numbers now to see where where we fall. But there's, there's a little bit for all of us. If you would like Natasha to be your personal pet business coach, you can go to her website, startscalesale.com, and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching packages. Thank you all for listening to this episode. We would like to thank our sponsor, Petsters Associates, and, and all that they do to support us. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can send that to feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or our website, petsitterconfessional.com. We are on every social media platform at Petsitterconfessional. 